welcome, welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with the Vanny Ultra Podcast, and yo, we have a very special guest for you, ladies and gentlemen, today. We have someone who, you know, their brand I've been tapped into for quite a bit now. Um, you know, his presentation when it comes to the overall presentation of his pieces are as top-notch. The pieces themselves are top-notch. And this man gets fits off as well. Mm-hmm. And so with that, you know, I'm really looking forward to speaking with this guest today. And so without further ado, I'd like to have my guest introduce himself. Thank you guys for having me. I don't know if I still get fits off, but uh, <laughs> I'm retired. I thought I had my jersey in the rafters, but uh, thank you. I appreciate you guys. A very warm welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, of course. Um, so how we like to start off with our interviews, we like to start off with, you know, where are you from originally? Uh, born and raised in Toronto. I uh, grew up basically my whole life here. Um, and then when I was about like 18, I moved to Italy. And I lived in Italy for about four years. And I did one year in Spain. And then I came back to the city after those like five years total of being away. You know, it's funny. I can hear the Toronto in your voice a little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's a good thing. I hope it comes out strong. I've, I've only done a couple of podcasts, so I was a little afraid when I hear myself on the other end. But yeah, the, the Toronto accent, uh, she comes in pretty thick sometimes, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, growing up in Toronto, like, what was some of your first, like, early interests growing up? I mean, I was thinking about this when you guys had, like, first asked me to come on. Obviously, like, I listened to a bunch of the podcasts. You've had a bunch of my homies come on as well. So I was tapped into that and uh, seeing what you guys were doing. And I was like, early interest in Toronto is so interesting because we're a really young city. Mm-hmm. And... I think that I was lucky enough to grow up at the time of Toronto where Drake just started, The Weeknd just started, Party Next Door, the Raptors had Vince Carter. So it was such like a melting pot and everything was helping, happening so fast that your influences were, were everything, you know, mm-hmm. not to kind of like give it such a wide range, but you ask anybody from Toronto, it's like you're, you're a Raptors fan and you're a Leafs fan and you are, and doubt like you're inevitably a Drake fan in the weekend. And so all those things were, were massive influences growing up. But I think before that, before I was like in my teens, it was mostly just like my friends and my family and a lot of soccer. I grew up playing soccer my whole life. So I think friends, family and football is what I usually say, but soccer since talking to a bunch of Americans, uh, we'll keep it like right. that. But yeah, those three for me. Dude, speaking of soccer, you know, Messi's coming to Miami. Really? Massive. Yeah, Messi's yeah, Messi's coming to the MLS, dude. Oh shit! So yeah, we gotta hit, we gotta hit him. Oh um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to. If you if you get a ticket, the ticket sold out in like I know, yeah, mad quick, mad quick. Damn, that's yeah. hard, crazy, shit, right? Shit. Yeah. Um, damn. And so, of course, you brought up an interesting point when it comes to you were saying growing up in Toronto, and like you brought up Vince Carter and the Raptors, which for me, like being a basketball fan, that was like first when I heard that, I was like, oh man, like that was the time, like. And so when it comes to around that time frame when you were young, like who were some of your early influences when it comes to fashion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like to even go deeper into that question, it's, again, like such a melting pot. So because we were so young, you could see influences from everywhere. And Toronto didn't have like a very big backbone of influences. So we were looking to your Kanye, your Pharrell's, mm-hmm. your Virgil's, um, stuff like that, the Neptunes, at least this is what I was pulling from, right? Like I was a massive Clips fan, I'm, I'm a diehard Pusha T fan. So those things that I kind of like really, really gravitated towards um, for like the music. And then that's what leads to my question where it's like for fashion, like 
Kanye University, that blog was mm-hmm. was everything we had growing up, you know, like that was the, the Bible for a lot of cats my age. Like I'm 29, right? So mm-hmm. that, when that pulled up, it was like, hey, you're checking it every day. You're going every day. And then Tumblr was around that same period where it's like, you're meeting all kinds of people on the internet and people are sharing like this new rap song, this new Frank Ocean, who's this Frank Ocean guy? So mm-hmm. for fashion, I think like an easy answer is yay. Um, but the most like truthful answer I can give you would be like my parents, my family, see my dad, who's like Libro's main model. Um, unfortunately, but fortunately. No. Um, oh, so that's, that's him. That's your pops. Yeah. That's my dad. He's oftenly confused for my grandfather, but he's not that old. Um, yeah. that's actually, that's my dad. It was, uh, it was first my best friend, but we can get into all of that stuff later. But then my dad, uh, tapped in and we've been fortunate. So yeah, he would be like my biggest influence growing up in towards fashion. Like, seeing him be like an older gentleman, but always look kind of fly. And he was always in like sambas or gazelles, even when I was growing up, or he was wearing construction boots and jeans. I'm like, my dad's been doing workwear because he is literally in construction. Right. Um, so yeah, it was it was my dad and yeah, a lot of I mean again, like you can't you can't be in my age of like twenty, twenty nine, thirty and not say that Kanye was an massive influence. Mm-hmm. Um and then deeper than that, I think once I opened up those like or peeled back those layers of the onion, it was like, Who's Ralph Lorenz? Who's this guy that's like a beacon of, of inspiration and, and fashion on the front if you want to talk about getting fits off, Ralph mm-hmm. Ross was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so funny how like, you know, your dad was just like being himself and now it's like, you know, he's birthed you and like, you've taken it yeah. like farther. Like it's insane. Yeah. Shout out to pops. Yeah, man. Shout out to the pops. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, I think like, like, yeah, no, sorry. So like, I think growing up, like we can only look so far and I think, for me, the things that I always look to are the people that are closest to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So like my OGs in the city that were like older cats that have always been on like Stussy or like Supreme and you see them putting this stuff on doesn't really make sense until you get older. And then my dad wearing suit and like when you're younger, it's like, oh, I don't want to wear a suit. But now if it's up to me, I'd wear a suit 24 mm-hmm. seven, right? So seeing that young was my biggest fashion influence with my, my father and stuff like that. Wow. And so you, does your mother also get big fits off? My my mother had more focus on like raising me and my brother. So she yeah. wasn't too, too passionate influence. But I will say that my mom's kick game is crazy. She's got a massive shoe collection. So yeah. that's what hurt my shoe addiction. And like, for me, it's all sneakers. Like I grew up on that culture of like Nike talk and high fees and Facebook black market buying and slipping sneakers. So yeah, my mom definitely, you have to rate her her shoe collection because that was uh, also birthed a lot of my style. Mm. That's funny that you say that because, you know, my dad is very much like, I was on the phone with him not too long ago and we were talking about something and he was just like, yeah, I like to, I like to look good. For, like, I like to look good, like, looked good for yeah. women. And my mom is kind of just like, yeah, bro, like, whatever, I'm going to go to work and, like, wear this yeah. dress, like, I can come home and put on pajamas, like, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, so it's, yeah, just, it's funny it's how, like, serious. it's funny how dads, like, care more about, and it's, like, also, I think about, like, when, when we're, like, if, you know, I'm not really into having kids, but, like, when, 
if I become a father, like right, it's right. gonna be like such like a like as my as my kids gonna be like, damn, like, yeah, my dad gets like fits off, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah. Totally <laughs> yeah. Nah, gonna like print out print out all my old fits and just have them out. He's like, see, this is me. This is me. Yeah. Like, see, son, this is what you got to do right here. Yeah, give, well, give me the Instagram follow. Give me the Instagram follow. You'll see all the old things. Yeah, I'll show yeah. you. I'll show you. <laughs> Type your dad's name and see what happens. Damn. So you talked about, of course, Kanye being, like, an influence during that time of you just, like, growing up within, I'm assuming, of course, like, that middle school, high school time for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were some of your favorite, like, brands at, around mm-hmm. that time? It was tough because, like, I've gone through so many evolutions as a kid and, like, I grew up, I, I say this and take this with like a grain of salt. I grew up skating, but skating was more like trying to ollie and never could ollie. So I put my skateboard back in the garage. Um, mm. But I was like in love with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 and like Chad Muska and wearing this like fitted backwards. So like that mm. was the first influence and like trying to fall, like try to find Supreme and Stussy and all these like interesting skate brands or like Element and like my first email was dc underscore blind underscore guy a hotmail.com Hell yeah. and it's it's still like very few people know that but that was like again talk about influences skating was so important to me not that i could skate at all um so i think with that came like early skate brands like everybody i think that's mm-hmm. like the entry drug if you will it was like supreme and then you just you fall deeper and deeper and then from supreme it went to come the garçon i'm like this is so cool there's so many different layers to it and like Who's leading this? Is anybody really in charge? Is it like a massive conglomerate? And then I fell into this menswear like black hole. And mm-hmm. that's where I've like landed myself now where Ralph Lauren for me has been like, again, a pillar of fashion. He can mm-hmm. give it to you any way you want it. You want suiting, you got purple label. You want like workwear, you've got denim. You want double RL, you know, like he's that mm-hmm. guy that has so much range. Um, and so much versatility in each of his pieces. Um, and then Prada, right? Again, being very Italian, I was looking for a brand that resonated with me that was Italian. And Gucci was, is so, and I say this respectfully, very loud. And I'm not that type of guy. I'm a very low-key dude. So I kind of gravitated to Prada. I'm like, it's, it's low-key. There's a little bit of, you know, embellishments and hits and things that you recognize if you know. Um, but what Mucha did with the brand for the longest time was just like very low key, very like aesthetic mm-hmm. and very, uh, world building, which is what I've tried mm-hmm. to take it into, into Libero now. So I would say Ralph and Prada. And finally, before I drag on Stone Island for me still mm-hmm. is, it's just such an interesting brand. You never know what they're going to give you. They're going to give you like a bulletproof vest that could turn into to like a fireproof vest at the same time and then right. turn to a car. Like it's so much technology that's so wearable at the same yeah. time. Yeah. You know, it's, I've been, tr- I sit up at night trying to figure out why so many fashion people get their start in skateboarding. Cause it's like you mentioned, you started like skating and then you got into Supreme and you got into Comme des Garçons. And that's literally kind of like my evolution as well. Like it was Supreme, you know? then it was CDG, then it was Babe. And then that's when I got in. After that, it was like kind of like my menswear thing. But it's just so interesting. Like I won't, because skating is like, they don't give a shit like at all. Like they don't, yeah. they don't care about what they're wearing. So but I, I wonder... think that's the point. I think uh, that's yeah. why it was so cool. Because if you look at the roots of skating, it's very anti-establishment 
and anti the man. And, and as a kid, you're also like anti your parents, anti school. So what do you gravitate towards? Skate culture. Cause they were right. so punk. Right. And that's yeah, why yeah. I think like, and I've listened to so many podcasts, like it's always kind of skating that people is the opening door or entry level drug that people tap into. And then it's like a dark hole of like, what yeah. else is there? Right. Like, right. again, like I, I know vividly, it's like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, Chad Muska. Chad Muska is very like hip hop influenced. Okay. I would come home after school, watch BET 106 in Park. And I'm like, okay, this is so dope. Kanye comes on, Pink Polo, who's Kanye? Mm-hmm. Like, you could just see the natural yeah, progression yeah. of like what you tap into things just has yeah. like evolved into so many other things. For me, at least, and I think if you put like a room of 10, guys around my age they'll all give you the same type of answer you just said 106 and park which unlocked a portion of my brain i forgot was there bro 106 and park was that shit oh God, bro. damn Not i love that show Not ahead freestyle, of the time. Like, freestyle friday come on all day, all day. Bro, i remember that time when that dude blind fury came on oh yeah bro, and man was just oh. yeah shout out shout that out 106 man i missed that show yeah I missed that show. and it's again it's it's like one of those things where there's so many things that happened we were when we were younger that was too ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And 106 in Park was like, I think, again, for us in Toronto, EST time zone, it was like 4 o'clock, 4.30, right mm-hmm. after school. You go home, you tap in, you watch it for X amount of time. Then I know, like, as I got older, I would go back to those videos on YouTube. And then, then I would fall into, like, another trap of, like, who are all these musicians? Who are these, like, artists I'm missing out on? And... Mm-hmm. To kind of go back to your earlier question, like influences, I got really lucky because my mom would drive me to school and I'd be listening to like Earth, Wind and Fire and like mm-hmm. the temptations with her. And then my dad, I would go to work with him at like four in the morning and he'd be playing like Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. So I would have this massive juxtaposition. Like, yeah, I get you. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, exactly. Where I was like, okay, this is really dope. But then so is this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like that was my evolution as a kid. Yeah, yeah, damn, yeah, no, wow, yeah, that's so because it just all makes sense. As soon as he's saying it, I'm just thinking back on to like my life and like the transgression of, uh, you know, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so when it comes to, because I know you mentioned how I think around 18, you said you moved to Italy. Yeah, which part of Italy? So I was, I was playing, I was playing soccer in the city. So you play for like your high school team, then you play for like your actual team outside of school. And I was finishing high school. I was 18. I was like, I never want to go to university. That's mm-hmm. not how I learned, you know? And even to this day, I have a university degree in YouTube and I have a, a bachelor's of arts in Google. Like those YouTube are the two uni. ways that I learned. YouTube you know what I'm uni. saying? Like yeah. that, that's what birthed me. So I knew that I, that's not how I learned. I never learned by sitting down and like being in class. Mm-hmm. That's not how I picked things up. So I turned to my dad and we were, I was playing football, I was playing soccer, sorry. And he was like, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I don't plan to go to university. I had like a D1 scholarship to the state to play soccer in like, I think Pittsburgh. I don't remember the school. Um, but I was like, again, I don't want to do that. I got lucky. And this guy from Italy was scouting in Toronto. And long story short, he's like, do you want to come play soccer in Italy? I was like, hell yeah. I was like, yeah. why not? This is a dream. Now, mind you, I, don't, I didn't speak any Italian at the time. Mm-hmm. So I spoke your very like entry level, like, ciao, buongiorno. I want to eat stuff like that. Um, 
so yeah, we got this opportunity. We flew to Italy. My dad dropped me off. And the next morning, my dad wasn't there. And then I was in Italy for like four and a half years, four years. Wow. And uh, yeah, then I moved to Spain for one year. And I was basically playing semi-professional soccer for that five-year time period. Very mm-hmm. like, again, nothing to really call home about. But it was still like, I tell people all the time, those five years completely made me who I am because I had mm-hmm. to like figure things out by myself. I picked up a new language. Once I spoke fluent Italian, I then picked up Spanish, very like basic proficiency, but I picked it up. So mm-hmm. those things all again added to that evolution of who I was and who I am. Um, being alone, like completely alone for five years, not making any friends for the first two years, year and a half. So mm-hmm. yeah, I moved there and like some of the most pivotal years of my life. Yeah, which cities were? Like, which city were you in? Sorry, yeah, you uh, you had asked. Um, again, because it was soccer base so every year I was on a different team ah, so I was I going see. from like I was going from Puglia which is in the south a team called like in the city of Lecce and then I went to Genoa which is like the northeast area uh, sorry northwest and then I spent a year in like Tuscany then I went up to the north where like some of the signs were basically in German so it was very like sporadic every year was a new club I was getting in like small cars packed with guys going to games and then coming home in another car it was yeah. very like coming of age soccer movie story type shit it was, it was a good time yeah i asked i just recently i traveled to italy recently and um, i saw you were in florence right yeah i was in florence went to bologna yeah. we were in milan it, yeah. Rome, like, it's like i was only there for nine days but that that shit changed my life like it's it's crazy it, it will. yeah like it's insane it it's just like they're so kind of just like whatever about everything like nothing is like serious everyone's just like drinking and smoking and like having a good time yeah love it over there yeah 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 and like imagine being 18 yeah going there and like again you want like going back to your question where it's like what's your influences i can go all day and we could talk about you know all kinds of brands we can talk about all kinds of you know stuff like that but like for me my biggest influence is being 18 19 roaming the streets of italy and just seeing like people interact Mm -hmm. and seeing like men in their 50s 60s dressed to the nine yeah you know, before like this whole quiet luxury nonsense, those guys were doing that mm-hmm. from, from time. Like that's always been their life. So I, I saw that so early, like, okay, that's sick. You can still flex, but you don't have to wear big brands and you still look like a million bucks in like a pinstripe suit or like a cashmere sweater that had right. no logos on it. So that was like a massive influence to me too growing up. Yeah, one of the, you spoke just cashmere, but like I remember just walking through like a market and like stopping at a stall and they had the most beautiful cashmere sweaters, just like yeah. at like a farmer's market. Like I was like, what the That's fuck crazy. is going on here? Like, yeah, it was, in, it was intense. It was intense to say the least for sure. Yeah, so you're not, you're not wrong at all. Yeah. Damn, that's so wild. Just to, but just to be playing soccer in Italy. Like, I know. So yeah. So crazy. did, are they just like, like, were they like really, really good over there? Like, were you, you know, you felt oh, like you were... It, I, I was, I like, for the way I can relate it is like, obviously in the States, basketball is like, and baseball is like your bread and butter. Mm-hmm. The States just produces basketball players. Like it's, like it's every day, you know, same thing for Italy. That's, that's just a factory of soccer players coming out of it. So as good as you may be being a soccer player in your own country, then you got to go to the mother place of it. Good mm-hmm. luck. Yeah. Right? Like we see now in the NBA, you see like, Luka Doncic and, and Jokic, these guys from the EuroLeague, they're outballing the NBA, which is whatever science there's behind that we don't know. But 
it's the reverse for like when I went to Italy, I was like, I've got so much more work to do. Yeah. Cause they're playing it from their five years old in Toronto. You start playing soccer when you're 12, when you're 13, right. you know, like it's, it's not that much of a culture for us as it was mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, they yeah. breathe that shit. Yeah, cause they breathe like, it exactly. Yeah, yeah, because it's like with like Luka Doncic, he's been playing pro since like he was like, like thirteen. Thirteen. I yeah, he was like a little playing kid. against grown men. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Like, and I also think if we can go sports really quickly, mm-hmm. like Euro basketball, like you look at Tony Parker. Yeah, that guy. That guy has all IQ. That guy's all basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. You look at Luka Doncic. His basketball IQ is, is through the roof, too. I think, like, the States mostly produces incredible athletes. Yeah. And then second nature is, like, basketball IQ. Mm-hmm. Not to speak for you guys, but just looking at it, right? So, like, right. same thing for when I went to Italy. All the Italian guys, their soccer IQ is through the roof. Right. But me, when I was 18, I was built like a 23-year-old. Right. So I could kind of be a little bit more muscle, but I was just getting beat on the ball because these guys were smarter and they were knowing yeah. things five, ten steps ahead, right? Damn, crazy. Yeah, that makes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so when it comes to your brand, when did you necessarily get the initial start to want to do it? And then also, how did you come up with the name mm-hmm. as well? Um, it's a it's a long story, so I don't know how much time you guys have, but um, all the time you need. I, I had. I had come back from, from Europe and I was going through this like identity crisis because I was like the kid that left the city and went to, to Italy to play ball and then came back. So I was like, that's all that I felt I was like known for or who I was. It's what I attached myself to. So I came home and I was looking for a job, right? 20, 22, 21, 20, trying to find a gig, trying to find myself again because I had been Adam speaks Italian living in Italy to now coming back to Toronto and like I missed five years so what's everybody saying right now mm-hmm. so like anybody or like anybody that grew up in a melting pot of a city you went to like a retail job or at least that's what I felt was the next step so I went to basically I don't know if it maybe made it to the states but there's a store called Club Monaco mm-hmm. yeah I think it's like the, isn't it like a isn't it like a Ralph Lauren sub so yeah you're very right so i look at it like the j crew of canada ah okay and club got club got so successful that ralph Lauren ended up buying club Ah. Mm -hmm. and then club just ran as itself but underneath ralph Lauren. wow um so yeah i ended up flying at club because i'm like i like this brand it's low-key again no brand no big branding kind of if you know you know which you can see how it revolutionized into libro as well but we'll get there um so yeah i ended up working at that store where i met my best friend who i started the brand with and it was funny because i worked my first day there and one of one of the girls there was like oh who are you i'm like oh my name's adam she's like oh cool like what are you into i'm like um i love kanye west and i love chelsea which is like my favorite soccer team that plays Mm -hmm. in england and she was like you need to meet kadeem i was like okay sure next day at work Another girl was like, hey, I'm like, hey, I'm Adam. She goes, cool. Like, what are you into? I'm like, I love Kanye West and, like, I love Chelsea. She's like, you need to meet Kadeem. I'm like, who the fuck is this Kadeem guy? Why does everyone keep bringing this cat up? Like, what is this guy? So I go to work the next week, whatever, and then Kadeem, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm supposed to meet you. He's like, yeah, people keep telling me about you, too. Um, and we just became best friends. It was like, I wish I could, like, share this 
experience with people, but like, I mean, maybe just like you guys are best homies, like me and Kadeem were like polar opposite kind of dudes where like, this is this Jamaican British dude born in Britain. I'm this like white Italian kid that like moved to Italy and came back right. and we just connected. It was just like, like I can never really explain. I never really had a friendship since then when we first mm-hmm. met and again, same person. So we were watching how to make it in America. We were watching all these influential yeah. shows and Kadeem would always be like, yo man, like you talk so much shit about brands. Like once you go start a brand, once like you're so sick, once you think you should, I'm like, no man, like I don't want to be another guy that sells a hoodie and a t-shirt in the city. Mm-hmm. He's like, then don't. Right. You don't have to do that. Do your thing. I was like, okay, cool. So Kadeem and I started uh, the brand and it was just kind of burst out of this like friendship and burst out of this, like unanimous love for clothing and style and like I hate to use this word but it's the most like just like swagger just like being who you were and that's how him and I always interacted um so yeah that was like basically the birth of the brand was just like seeing brands every day us talking bare shit and being like let's try it yeah so we did that's funny, man. Shout out Retail Spaces. That's what, me and Kenny met Yo, at a Retail was, Space as well. I to, bro, I literally was just about to say, like, how you explain your relationship with Kadeem is, like, the same parallel as far as like, when it comes to me and Eli. Because we both worked at a retail space. Um, shout out to Dillard's. Um, there you go. Both were working there. And we, like, came across each other and was just like, yo, like, you want to start a podcast? And yeah. he was like, yo, yeah. Like, fuck it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. ever, ever since then, like, just starting that, we've gotten much closer you know we have conversations where like you necessarily have to trust a particular person to have a particular conversation yeah, for sure, with yeah. so it's like oh, yeah. it to that relationship and like obviously we like certain things but we also are like opposite in certain ways mm-hmm. like he's very into formula one i've never watched i mean i've seen formula one but i'm not yeah. even hip to it and he, he's also just you're a lot more um disciplined than i am really oh for sure <laughs> for sure it's just a discipline but you guy. need that for you, sure you need yeah that. like i'm a i'm a firm believer in opposites attract like it's it's just like i think you need that in life you need someone to balance you out you need someone to just like show you things that you may not see right mm-hmm. and yes kadeem and i were basically the same person but the way that he looked at things was a different mindset the way that i did so it was always like pushing me to be the best that i could and i was always pushing him to be the best with his position within the brand as well. So we then started it together based off of that, like trying to, like, again, you're saying that Kenny has a big discipline where you may not. So it's like, you need each other to to have a routine. It's like, right. get things going, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> I got to interview so, you guys next. You got to do this the next pod. I'm going to flip it and I'll interview y'all. Hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So when it comes to the pieces you've released thus far, like where do you necessarily draw the inspiration to create the pieces you, you know, released thus far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll, I'll, I'll ask, I will also answer your previous question where the name Libero yeah. came from um, my grandfather's name. So he had passed away when I was like, again, formative years of my life. So very important person to me. I would always go to his house after like, elementary school and like kindergarten I would always go to my grandfather's house and he was just a super like interesting Italian immigrant spoke very minimal English Mm -hmm. and yeah I guess his name was so funny enough he was named Libero 
by mean to deem didn't name the brand Libro to begin with. We named it something else. But then when we tried to put it on IG, that name was already taken. Mm. Don't ask me what that name is because I don't remember it. Yeah, but yeah. to to Dean was like, okay, bro, like you got to figure something else out. We're doing the pop out and like a pop up in like six months. We got to figure this out. So he's like, and kind of what we always do now is like, what's the truest, most authentic thing to us? And being my grandfather's name makes sense. Libro in Italian translates to free. So it's always kind of what I believe in. We're like, dress the way you want to be the person mm-hmm. you want to be. Speak on things you want to speak on, and like you really can't go too wrong if you're always just openly, freely you. Um, but you had asked something. I, I went back. What was your question again? Yeah, no. Um, for the repeat, for the pieces you've released thus far, like where do you draw? Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure d- differentiates for certain pieces, but like where do you draw the inspiration to create some of the pieces you have released thus far? I also I want to add really quick that when I was you know kind of doing my research for this episode, I noticed that you the brand is you say it's like the perfect meeting of like european and like american kind of swag right and i really like noticed that especially like with the spaghetti western shirt how it's like Mm -hmm. this very american like north american kind of like swag but with like very european kind of like cut and like kind of like you know vibe to it so i just wanted to add that into the question um yeah when do you where how do you come up with these like pieces when you are in the stew yeah, like for us, again, to kind of answer it the way you just did was like, I grew up the most formative years of my life, 18 to 22, whatever it was, in Italy. So all I knew was like Euro, very Eurocentric, very European lifestyle. So that was like prominent in my mind. But then again, I grew up, my favorite, like I loved Wu-Tang. I grew up on 50 Cent. I grew up on like Pharrell and Clips. So like I had this heavy hip hop influence and then again, mixed with my, my dad with like Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin. So all of these swing, all of these moments kind of came back to each other at mm-hmm. some point in my life. So when we come to the team, the five of us, six of us now, when it comes to designing, it's always going back to what we know and what we want to create. And I've deeply rooted this saying, if you will, for the team where it's like, we want to create the libero man or woman. We want to create the Libero man. So we always try to in picture who Libero is today or who we want to see wearing Libero. Libero is for everybody, obviously, but it's a very specific person. You got to be about this life that we want to be about and this lifestyle. And you, you know, you have this denim shirt that's basically bulletproof in my eyes. That thing is a beast. Hopefully you guys get to see it one day, mm-hmm. but it has very European cuts and European details. So. It's always about like, how can we craft a libido man with every collection? And we pull from my time in Italy, Kadeem's like British upbringing, being born in the UK, being born in London, and also coming from like a Jamaican background. Cause I can't speak to those things, mm-hmm. but I can only try and speak to it. So I don't know if you guys know, but he actually passed away like a year and a half after the brand started. Oh wow, we didn't know that, sorry so, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Thank you. Not a lot of people do, but whoever's like very deeply rooted in the brand or have been following from the jump jump, they know that. Um, so to further answer your question, I'm always trying to continue his mission and continue what he would want to see. That's why you guys saw we flew to London last year, if I'm not mistaken, um, and we shot a whole collection in London because that's where Kadeem was. I found his like first birth home. We shot on the same street as his first birth home. 
So when we're designing, again, it's always pulling from things that we know from authenticity. We're always trying to be original. We don't want to really copy trends. As you can tell, Libra doesn't do very trendy things or we tend to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, design really is always like, let's craft this individual that represents Libro. Who is this Libro man? What's his lifestyle? Is he drinking uh, an Aperol spritz on a bar in Europe? Uh, is he, you know, still watching the Raptors game? But after the Raptors game, again, he's going for an espresso or he's going to like a jazz bar, right? It's, right. it's this melting pot of a person that which we are. Again, my girlfriend, for example, she started with the brand as well when we first began five years ago. She's, she's Russian-Israeli melting pot of a person so much different upbringings to her so we're always trying to craft this person that can feel welcome that can feel like oh this reminds me of how i lived or how i grew up and i see this shirt that my dad wore my dad maybe looks a little whack in it but here's the new version of it right Mm -hmm. Right. so that's the best way i can answer that question it's just pulling from things we've seen or things we know that are true to us and always again authentic because if you're not being you you're just you're not being real you're not you can't really sell something to somebody and i again not to rant on but i always tell people i'm never trying to sell clothes Mm -hmm. if i wanted to sell clothes i would just make a hoodie i would just make t-shirts i would just make hats and and like very entry low-hanging fruit not there's anything wrong with that but i'm not trying to sell clothes i'm trying to sell this story i'm trying to sell this this like impact so you believe in something. You want to be this person from London that's Jamaican. You see yourself as him. Or you want to be this older 60-year-old man that's like kind of fresh so you can see yourself in him. Right. And then hopefully we sell some, we sell some pieces after. Tough. Wow. Yeah, that's and, great. And I like to – and I'm very glad you brought up that point because a friend of the show, uh, Benjamin Sonny from um, – The you know, homie. From Monet. Monet. Um, he talked about it and hinted at when it came to building up his brand as far as like building that story mm-hmm. and like being that, you know, being for Monaco and building that story to where it's like you, when you throw on a particular piece, you want to feel like you're either in Monaco or you're from Monaco mm-hmm. in a certain way. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad and you like, that up. That's, that's the thing. Like I'm going to die on this hill. This is the hill that I've decided to die on where it's like, we're going to tell stories. Mm-hmm. We're going to be authentic. We're going to be ourselves. And, Nobody can really say anything about that because what are you going to tell me? I'm not being Italian. I'm the biggest Italian you ever fucking meet. Right. Like, what do you want to say to me? Right. Like, that's why you can't fail if you're writing what you know. Mm-hmm. Right. So even for Ben and Ben's my guy, he's such an incredible doing, doing like really fun stuff with mm-hmm. Monet. Like, I can't, I can't make pieces revolved around Monte Carlo or Monaco or yachting mm-hmm. or boats or Ben sprinting from France to Italy every fucking day. But yeah. Ben can, you know? So I'm going to buy into that because I believe it. Yeah. And that's, like, I get some, like, younger cats in the city and they always, like, want to pull my ear and they want to pick my brain. I'm always down. Like, I never had anybody to, to like, ask these questions to, mm-hmm. you know? So when they ask me, I was like, look, tell your story. Right. Let me hear what you have to say. Because you can't, you can't say what ALD does because ALD is already saying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me your perspective. Right. That's crazy. And I, I just also want to add about the whole, like, um, where you, when you, you know, your upbringing and then 
Kadeem's upbringing and, you know, where you guys are from, it's funny how, like, I noticed that European people want more American stuff, but Americans want more European stuff. Yeah. And so you've created, like, this perfect, they can, it's like, everyone yeah, can yeah. get exactly what they want, which is sick. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, like, it's actually funny you say that because me, again, me and Lanny, my girlfriend, we always talk about this where you always dream of Paris. Mm-hmm. But then when you meet people from Paris, they're always dreaming of New York. Exactly. You always want what you can't have or what you don't know. So I think to your point, it's like, I think we've found this niche pocket of the internet of the world where it's like, you know, maybe I've traveled and I've seen Italy and I've seen New York and I want to mesh these things. And I grew up like, again, Lenny, Russian, Israeli, she grew up on Frank Sinatra. Me, mm-hmm. big Italian guy, grew up on Frank Sinatra. It's the same world. Right. Doesn't matter where you're from. They just want to believe in something. So that's how we create a libro, just giving people something that they may already know, just mm-hmm. in our own perspective through our lens. Exactly. Wow. And that's also you you that's what Ralph that's that's that Ralph shit, bro. Like that's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why he's so successful and that's why like yeah. You you can't just you can't just make clothes. You just yeah. you have to, like you said, like you can make you can t-shirts. You can make hats, and it's cool. You can be successful cool. but if you really want. If it's like a if you want to find the passion and you want to tap in and do some shit that like, you know, you're really gonna be proud of. You gotta like really dig deep into yourself and and create that world. You know, yeah, you tell your own story. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like you said, it perfectly. Like, create that world and like we're we're constantly pushing that world building right like this collection that just dropped three weeks ago is obviously very like mafia and like mob inspired Mm -hmm. but i just didn't want to do the like outside the meat shop and outside the the having espresso like that's so italian but like i wanted to do this other world which isn't glamorized which is kind of Mm -hmm. dirty and like underbelly which comes back to like the skate scene because the skate scene is like dirty underbelly punk Mm -hmm. so i'm like let me show this Italian lifestyle that I've seen through cracks and crevices of like family gatherings. Not that we're in the mob, but I mean, right. Yeah, know, I guess. Take out what you want, you know. So you see those underbellies. Like I see these guys in my family's gatherings. Like who is this guy? Oh, see this guy. He doesn't really work. He always looks like a million bucks, but like he doesn't yeah. work. So you know. So we try to show those things. And again, like it's world building. If you give people something to chew on, they'll chew on it. Right. Right. Yeah, that's so crazy. And even just hinting at that, just that feeling of like knowing you're wearing something that doesn't have a lot of logos, but it's still going to make you look like, you know, make you look and make you feel like a million bucks. And like as we were when we were younger, when we were into, you know, same interests as far as like Kanye, Pharrell, we were thinking like the Bapes and the Supremes of the world of just like yeah. you know, a lot of graphics and logos was mm-hmm. this thing that signified that you were that yeah, yeah you were that dude or you were that yeah you know what i mean but now it's like okay as you get older and especially for us it's now more so just like okay i don't have to go that hard in mm-hmm. terms of showing you what it is but it's like if you know if you know right you know what i mean yeah so, and like we we've, we've kind of always been that brand of like the past five years of like you can go through any collection we've made there's never a big logo hit. There's, if it is on a t-shirt, um, right. there's never big logos, never big brandings. It's just not what I want to wear, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to make something that I don't want to wear just because I know it's going to sell, you know, like I always tell people, libero across the chest on a sweater, on a hoodie, bang, bang right. all day. Right. But like, 
I don't want to wear that. That's my fucking brand name. I don't want to wear that. You know, like right. I want it to be that piece. Like we made that jacket, me and Kadeem the first year, the, the yellow one with the white stripe. And then we did the blue and the green. And that was like our, our claim to fame. And now, you know, if you see that jacket, you know, that's a Lama, you know, that's a Libero jacket without it having big, big, crazy logos. So we got lucky and we were super fortunate and grateful that we've built this, again, this community that believes in the same things. And I mean, two and a half years ago, we had like 1400 followers on Instagram. We had like nothing. And like in the past two and a half years, we grew to 10K just now. Um, So it's it's been uh, overwhelming. Yeah. Wow. To say the least, damn, what, 14 to 10, that's... That's a lot. We're doing yeah. numbers out here. Yeah, big yeah. numbers. Yeah, big numbers, big numbers. The rate, the, all the prices are up. We're charging, charging USD from now on. Hell yeah. We're not getting it now. <laughs> hey, what's that, uh, what's that scene from The Wire? Hey, man, let, let them know. The price hey, just went price, up. Price, <laughs> of the, price of the brick going, going up. up. Yeah. <laughs> all the way up. Large now. It's heavy. Yo, so I want to ask, uh, right, what's that one piece for you that, you, that you've um, – made thus far that sticks out the most like is there one what's your like favorite piece you put out thus far or just means the most to you it's it's tough like obviously the post kadeem passing away like those first pieces we made are keep so like near and dear to my heart like that that yellow jacket with a white stripe mm-hmm. is like eternal for me um and again has given us that claim to fame over the years so that piece, obviously, very special place in my heart. Um, the piece we just made uh, for this past collection in the spring summer is this orange silk camp collar. I really love that piece. That was just like a lot of fun and low key. It's a little crop. It's got this like Prada vibe to it, which we're really happy that we tried to accomplish. Um, so those two pieces, and then I think to go back, not a lot of people. I never. Funny enough. Nobody really talks about this stuff when they talk about brands. They're always like, yeah, man, we're doing well. And, you know, like, yada, yada, yada. We're just got into essence. But, like, I, I promise you, if you ask any of those same people, the first years they started, there's some pieces they made that they didn't sell. They didn't sell. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a piece that we made, which to this day is one of the, like, most insane pieces we've made. It's a Italian veal cut brown suede trucker jacket with a blue satin lining and mm-hmm. i did a blue contrast stitching against the brown suede i named it after my brother i didn't sell one of those pieces but wow. if i if i ever see you guys in person or if you guys come to toronto let me know i will show you it it is it is still to one of this day like you could take that label off bro and, and it's... you would like you would be confused for anything i promise you yeah, you could go against any any big brand. That piece is is, is top dollar, and that's again we never Ill, sold though. one of them. Yeah, that sounds ill. That, is Ill. that sounds yeah. crazy. Brown suede with the blue lining and the blue contrast. That sounds crazy. It's hard. It's it just, hard. I guess it's just ahead it of its time. After. Yeah, just ahead of its time, I guess. Again, like I grew up in Italy, so the pieces I made when I first started this brand, it wasn't t-shirts, it wasn't hoodies, it wasn't hats, it wasn't anything. It was like brown suede italian veal cut suede from italy it was this yellow riri zippers the zippers are 35 dollars just for the zippers it's the ferrari zippers leather stripe like i was making pieces that were unfortunately a little bit too like i was 24 right 
I had I had no business being a 24 year old making like a veal cut suede jacket, but we did it and we kind of just like figured our way to the next collection and figured our way to the next collection and here we are talking to you guys. Hell yeah, yeah man, that's crazy. You got any extra? You got any? You have any sitting in a storage unit somewhere? Cause shit, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's literally only one of those jackets made and then it is in my closet and uh, we have gotten like stylists have reached out to me and have asked to pull it and I'm always so reluctant to give it away to stylists for them to use it because I'm like this better come back the same way I give it to you guys right, I'll, be yeah, cheese. Yeah. I'll be cheese if it doesn't come back the same way bro um, yeah. but yeah we, we had uh, so Michael B. Jordan the first God. year that we had yeah I mean icon the, uh, yeah. the first year we started it was like six months in I, by, by the way, I got bare stories. So if you guys let me ramble, I'll ramble. Um, the first year we started, like six months in, I get this email. And this guy's like, yo, uh, Michael B. Jordan is doing a press tour in New York on Jimmy Fallon. We want to pull some pieces. My brother used to work for Netflix at the time. So I send the email to my brother. I was like, yo, like, is this legit? He goes, if you don't fly to New York now, you're an idiot. I was like, okay, yeah. hey, got it. No problem. So I emailed back to stylist. I'm like, okay, hey, bet, no problem. Ship it over. And he actually asked for that brown suede jacket and the yellow jacket with the white stripe. Unfortunately, Michael B. Jordan didn't end up wearing it. And it's tough because when you put Givenchy mm-hmm. off-white, Libero in the same room, nine times out of ten, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. You know? So we had moments like that early on. It's like, I don't know if I want to give this jacket out. Like, my piece, man. But like, with always learning along the way is what I kind of bring that story up for. It's like to go back, like a lot of brands when they first started, they don't, they're not selling mad pieces. You're lying right. if, if you did, or, or you caught a crazy lick and you just so, so how happened to figure it out. You know, you're shooting a hundred percent from the free throw line, but yeah, we, you know, we figured it out and just kept making pieces and kept like pushing against the, the wire, if you will. Wow. That's wow. so crazy. And I want to add, I want to ask, cause you, you mentioned Michael B. Jordan, but you had John Snow in some Libero world. John J A W N Snow. Straight up. <laughs> what was big, that like? Did they, they reach out to you, or was that just Again, something that he? Uh, so it's it's a good story. It's a long story. Um, so this was February this year, I think. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, October November last year, and. We had some pieces made for this fall already done last year. Mm-hmm. And I was in New York in September last year. And I met this stylist. She ended up being Italian. I'm Italian. And we kicked it off. And she hit me up. So if you're town, I'd love to meet. Just, you know, shoot the shit. Like, let's do it, obviously. And if Olivia ever ends up listening to this, Olivia is like the goat, the god. Shout out to her. Um, we had dinner. We hit it off. She was great. I'll keep you in mind. You know, if I ever need pieces for, for celebrities, I'll let you know. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. No problem. Came back home. Three months later, she goes, hey, Kid Harrington is doing a movie in Montana. I'm like, to answer your question from earlier, my biggest influence growing up outside of music and like soccer and stuff like that was movies. You name a movie, I've seen it. You name a TV show, I've seen it. I can quote it. We can go bar for bar all day. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm like, Libra was gonna be in a movie. I'm like, I can shut down the business right now and I'm good forever. I'm happy. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I got nothing left to say. So she sent me the list and I was like, hey, like I have this piece on release. It's up to you. She's like, yeah, yeah let's, ha- let's have it. Send the pieces off. I think like two, three weeks later, she texted me back. She goes, hey, nothing made the movie. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm used to this. It happens. Right. No problem. She goes, but Kit really liked the Lama, which is again, that, that jacket with the white stripe. Our claim to fame, and she's like, he, she, he really likes it. I'll come clean. I've never watched that little baby dragon show, Game of Thrones. I never watched it. Yeah. So I had no <laughs> idea. Game, and no idea. Like I knew who Kit Harrington was. Yeah. And I knew he's a big time cat, and everybody knows who this guy is, and he's like the modern day Tony Soprano of like mm-hmm. character. Right. So I knew he was a real one, and I trusted Olivia. I'm like, you know what? bet no problem mm-hmm. you can have it as a gift she's like great so now i'm going full like marketing mood i'm like okay obviously kid harrington has no instagram he's got no right. twitter mm-hmm. he's got no youtube he's got no snapchat no nothing mm-hmm. so i'm fall i'm going stalker mode i'm following kid harrington brazil fan accounts kid harrington japan fan accounts i'm like i gotta see this cat wearing it right he leaves the set he goes to the airport. He's, there's a selfie with a fan wearing it. I'm like, fuck, I can't post this. This is wild. Right. He ends up wearing it again. Yeah. In New York, like the next week. And I, this random, again, this random account, they post the picture. I DM the photographer. I'm like, yo, can I use this picture? He goes, yeah, man, no problem. I'm like, sick. So if you go on the Libido account, that picture that you see of him mm-hmm. is of him wearing it in the streets of New York. And the funny thing is I actually had that picture in my phone for like two months. Yeah. We're now in like February and I have some close friends of mine that like do like the Drake music videos. They're really big producers and like in the city for music videos. Shout out to Cam and Alex if they listen to this and Christian. And the guys were like, you're an idiot. Post this fucking picture. This is incredible. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like this is like, it's like whatever. You can't even see the stripe. You don't know what's leaving or whatever. Shout out to those guys because I posted it and that picture went like nuts. Yeah. It went nuts. Again, to go back to it, he's the modern day Tony Soprano. Mm -hmm. He's the modern day big time character that people like Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston, right? Like these guys pull weight. So yeah, it was, it was something that happened completely out of the blue. No idea. We've never paid any person to wear Libero. If you ever see like a ball player, a soccer player, footballer, anybody wearing it, it's they, they like either it. came out to us or we've reached out to them. We want to give you a piece. Boom. I will, I will, I will always try my best to stay away from paid ads or paid anything. We never have. I've never paid for any kind of thing like that because I just don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. I think it moves the needle, but it's not organic. Right. You know what I'm saying? So the, the best thing is if you go on my Instagram, I post a picture of Kit also wearing it like mm-hmm. a month later. So he's been wearing that jacket for like two, three months straight. And it was just so crazy to see because he doesn't owe me that. Yeah. Again, I never paid the cap to wear it. It just shows how much he loved the piece. And like, right. he he ended up going to, again, full stalker mode. He ended up going to Louis Vuitton uh, Paris Fashion Week. It was the only show that he went to. And I'm again, I'm full. I'm like, maybe he's going to wear it again, blah, blah, blah. He wears it. 
to the show, doesn't wear it while you're at the show. Obviously, he's wearing a Louis Vuitton. Right. Leaves the show, puts the jacket back on, leaves Paris, gets back to London. And on my IG, you see Kit and his, his wife, if I'm not mistaken, like through London, Heathrow, I'm sorry, at the train station, Kings, Kings, whatever it's called, Kingsville, right. with his like suitcase. I'm like, this is hard. Like this yeah. is, again, to go back to what we we're talking about, the libido man mm-hmm. traveling suitcase with his significant other, with his partner. Like this is, it was a full circle moment for us, which we've had a couple in, in the past five years, but like, I have a goosebumps even talked about. Like it was just so, it was yeah. so cool. I was so, it, it, it gives lot, you like a sure. battery. Yeah. It gives you even like a battery in your back. It's like, like, I'll, and I'll, again, we've got no investors. There's no yeah. angel investors, no financial backing. It's just me and my, and my girlfriend. It's just me and Lanny pumping this thing steady to, to bring it to where we are. So when we get those moments, it's, let's keep going. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah. yeah. It's on. Exactly. That's so. Yeah. Damn. That's so crazy. Damn. That's so wild. Mm. Damn. That's so crazy. Um, man, Adam, yo, it's been a, a pleasure, pleasure yeah. having you on today, man. Hey, thank you guys. Like just being able to learn more about yourself as well as the brand, mm. like it's just a true pleasure to just hear. And yo, we truly on behalf of myself and Eli wish you the absolute best when it comes to your future endeavors, not only professionally when it comes to your brand, but also personally, like we want you to win, achieve all the things that you want to achieve. And yeah, we're going to definitely see you in Toronto one day. Yeah, for sure. Hey, and, hey, tell your pops, he needs to, he needs to get an agent. He needs to get on product. We got to see him all that. He needs it. Thanks. It was, uh, it was funny because he actually, an agency just emailed me or like leave it all. And they're like, Hey, can we, like, I swear to God, like a week ago, was like, hey, can we speak to Mr. Afuliezi? We want to get him to do an ad. And again, this is like my 60-year-old dad that like yeah. smokes two packs of cigarettes, does construction. Like he's not trying to do ads. He right. does it for me because I'm his son. But like, hey, you'd be surprised. We do get those emails. But um, I want to thank you guys. Like, you know, I appreciate the both of you for having me on this. I'm nobody in this like grand scheme of fashion and and the conversation around like menswear, but I really do appreciate you guys for taking the time out of your Saturday to, to talk to me. And I'm just a dude just trying to do my thing. So all the power to you guys. I wish you guys nothing but the best. You guys are, are very genuine, real people. I appreciate you reaching out. Um, if I can ever like connect you guys, with anybody that I know, um, like, I mean, you already interviewed Ben and I know you said Nico and Nick from Toronto as well, like Nico from uh, Adidam and, Nick from Shirley. So if I can ever connect you guys with a couple of a couple other homies, let me know. I'd be more than happy because you guys are you guys are legit. Oh, we appreciate well, it for man. sure. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. And before you let you go, uh, where can the people follow your brand as well as yourself? In on IG for the time being, it's libero.world until I get the just libero straight up. But I'm gonna mm. find that guy and I'm gonna get that handle. <laughs> um, but yeah, the brand is libero.world. Uh, pronounce it however you want to pronounce it. I don't give a shit. Just keep saying our name. Um, and then my is uh, Adam Apuliezi. Also try and pronounce that however you want. I also don't give a shit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where you can find me and, uh, and the brand. Perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Daniel Show Podcast. And we are signing out. Peace. Peace.